Welcome to the Park Road Podcast for Easter Sunday, April 20th, 2014. Today's podcast is a sermon given by Russ Dean, co-pastor with Amy Jackstein at Park Road Baptist Church. His sermon today is entitled, Witness to Resurrection. My little brother, who is six foot four, was an excellent high school basketball player. Philip loved the shot from the deep corner, and he was a threat from there every time he had the ball. He had great touch from behind the three-point arc, even though he played before anyone had ever heard of such a thing. I told my boys recently that there had not always been a three-point shot in basketball, and they looked horrified. When was that, Dad? And I said, well, it was when I played basketball, you know, back in the 20th century. (laughs) The only way to make three points back then was what they call nowadays the old-fashioned way. But Philip's touch and his finesse, especially from the three-point distance, amazed his ophthalmologist because my youngest sibling had lost the sight of one eye in a grade school accident with a BB gun. Throwing a round leather ball through a peach basket-sized hoop requires accurate depth perception, which largely depends on binocular vision, that is, two eyes and a host of visual clues, stereopsis, eye convergence and disparity, and the exploitation of parallax. I know you're impressed that I know all that. Wikipedia. (laughs) Our amazing brains are apparently measuring everything we see twice and constantly calculating the distance from one eye and then the other eye and triangulating those distances with unimaginable speed and precision. With only one eye, monocular vision produces a less accurate less interesting two-dimensional world. It is the perception from different angles that gives depth, that produces 3D like the real world. So it is with resurrection. If we had only one view of it, resurrection wouldn't show the marks of real world experience It would look like the two-dimensional world of make-believe or some religious propaganda, a contrived tale orchestrated in perfect unison by some master choreographer. Or maybe it would sound more like a newspaper report given by Officer Friday, just the facts, ma'am. But what story, what good story ever relied on just the facts? And what good life ever knew such sterile experience? Your life is more than just the facts. Jesus' life, too, was more than cold, hard facts. So the evidence we are given, the fact that no two witnesses see it the same way, the fact that there is no harmonized experience Just everybody saying, oh, Jesus rose from the dead, hallelujah. That's not what it says. The fact that the Bible gloriously admits the doubt, 
and the disbelief of some who knew him best and loved him most, who reportedly saw him and stood with him toe to toe, and they didn't recognize or they could not believe, that makes it all the more likely that something, something real, happened way back then on a cool spring morning the first day of the week and the next week and a week later and a month later and a couple years later and 2,000 years later we stand saying it's still reality. But like everything else that is real, everyone experiences it from their own angle. Scholar and author Karen Armstrong says it this way, a careful study of the resurrection stories in the Gospels which consistently contradict one another shows that these are not factual accounts that could ever satisfy a modern historian. They are mythical attempts to describe the religious convictions of early Christians who had experienced the risen Jesus as a dynamic presence in their own lives and had made a similar spiritual pilgrimage from death to life. Over the next five weeks of the Easter season, we're going to look at five experiences recorded in the Bible, five different experiences of resurrection and we are going to invite you to add your optic, your own experience to the collective vision of the church. Something happened. I believe it. For a few, it was intuitive belief. There was never a time they could not or did not believe. Early on the first day of the week, when it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the tomb. So she ran and went to Simon Peter and the other disciple and said to them, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb. Peter and the other disciple went towards the tomb, and the other disciple reached the tomb first. He bent down to look in and saw the linen wrapping lying there, and he saw and believed. For others, some personal experience is required, some face-to-face -face sighting, as it were. But Mary stood outside weeping, and as she wept, Two angels in white said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, They have taken away my Lord. When she said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she thought he was the gardener until Jesus called her name and said to her, Mary. Some people have encounters that I have not had. Encounters that I cannot explain, but it would be arrogant of me to claim to know what anyone else has and has not experienced. For many others, the experience of resurrection is through what Tom Long 
the preacher and teacher of preachers calls ecclesiastical experience. In other words, they believe as the church believes. That upper room experience which gave Doubting Thomas his name displays the liturgical practice of the church. Tom Long says the text was written for the church at worship. There is blessing and commissioning and forgiveness. Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Blessing. As the Father has sent me, so I send you commissioning. And he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. Forgiveness. And others know only the skeptical encounter of Thomas. They need more than hearsay. They need more than someone else's religion. Tom Long says Jesus honors our skepticism and an experience of resurrection is possible even if belief in it is not. Most of the church, though, if we are honest, comes to belief in the resurrection as a gift of bequeathed faith. Someone else's faith becomes our own. John's gospel ends with these words, I have written what I have written so that you may come to believe. John wrote for us. And that affirmation is written through the centuries in the lives of the saints and in the deaths of all the martyrs who so believed in the message of resurrection, of life in his name, that they were willing to give all to follow. I believe in resurrection. Maybe my vocation allows me to see it more than some. Call it the ancient myth of the phoenix, if you prefer, new life rising out of the ashes. Call it the natural cycle of the seasons, the death of winter and the rebirth of spring, or the mystery of that ugly little caterpillar who emerges to fly beautifully free as a delicate butterfly. Call it what you want. I will call it resurrection. And I will continue to claim Christ is risen. When the surgeon allows us to walk again. And I will claim Christ is risen when the friend we have wronged offers a word of simple forgiveness. And I will claim Christ is risen when hope calls forth the simple miracle of believing in myself and the impossible healing of peace between nations. Christ is risen. I believe in resurrection because there is no real living without the possibility of new life. And new life is always in the air. I hope you can see it.
because I need your vision to make my sight whole. May it be so. Amen. Thanks for listening today. We invite you to learn more about Park Road at parkroadbaptist.org. Park Road is a progressive faith community located in Charlotte, North Carolina, encouraging independent thought, community service, social justice, and interfaith understanding. Grace and peace to you.